Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. This morning, I'm going to continue. I'm going to use plenty. You saw I used plenty of scripture last week, just doing this a little less traditional than normal. I want to continue on the subject of how God renews the church. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you, O Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. Lord God, because you are the one who was and is and is to come. Lord God, you were in the past. You're in the present. You'll always be in the future. You created time. You hold time. Thank you, O Lord, for that. Now, Lord, I ask today that you'd open every heart, mind, and spirit under the sound of my voice here in the room, listening to my podcast. Lord, do what only you can do in their lives. I can't change anybody, but your word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which it's been set forth to do. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me, anoint me, use me, O oh God, in a very powerful way, God, to present your word to your people here today. God, we give you thanks and praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, and everybody said, Amen. Before you're seated, turn around to three or four people, give them a fist bump, and tell them, I'm glad to see you at church in July. (laughs) And it is good to see y'all here, July 5, Sunday month. One more Sunday after this in July. How many of you enjoyed yesterday and cooled down just a little bit yesterday? A little nice relief in the humidity there. Last week I started uh, uh, what I'm going to finish hopefully today, a series of how God renews the church. I'm going to scratch the surface of last week. If you were not here last week, then uh, we'll have that. Uh, we've got it recorded. It'll be out on podcasts in the next couple weeks. I'm going to scratch the surface and get into uh, what I want to talk to you about this week. Um, but just a few things that we must never forget that the church would, was God's idea. I told you, you know, there's a lot of man-made constructs and as a part of it, denominations and some systems that we have and that were man-made. But the church in and of, of itself, God's people getting together, worshiping together, praying for one another, supporting one that was God's idea. So I remind you that because it's God's idea, and, and he said the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church, I'll remind you there will always be a church. Well, a few of you believe that. I said there will always be a church. You, you know, it, it's always going to be a church. Uh, I gave you some post-COVID statistics that uh, I thought were frightening in some ways. 15% of churches died uh, during or after COVID. 40% are on life support. Only 5% of churches are larger today than they were before COVID. And I reminded you that I may not like what God allows but I need what it will accomplish. So kind of, you know, didn't even intend to go here, but reminded when I gave you the scripture from John on the Isle of Patmos. You know, you know John could have been at the temple. He could have been in a synagogue. He could have been resting easy in his bed at home and God giving him that vision that he gives him in the book of Revelation. But where does he do it? He chooses to let him. He's exiled. He's on a mining island. Uh, Sometimes, I, I may not like what God allows 
but I need what it will accomplish. I mentioned last week Joseph, uh, Joseph said to his brothers, he said, look, what you meant for evil, you meant to kill me, you meant to sell me off, you meant to hurt me, but God turned it around for the good. I believe COVID was one of those things also as we see in so many churches that uh, God allows things. So, I, mean, you know, I don't believe anything happens unless God allows it. Uh, nothing's going to happen unless God allows it to happen. And I, sometimes things happen that I don't necessarily want, but sometimes he allows it so that he can accomplish what he wants because our willingness to change always determines our capacity to grow. I'll give you this. I'm not going to give you much more than that. When God wants to revitalize or energize a church, he takes them through five steps of renewal that never happen out of order. And we started last week with personal renewal, and we spent last week on that because it's got to start there. The renewal in the church is not going to happen on this Sunday morning gathering where we're all here together. A renewal and a refreshing and a revival is going to have to start in the individual. It's got to start with us as individuals before we can ever come together and see that kind of renewal or revival. And I use Mark 12 and 30 where Jesus is answering the question. They said, what's the greatest commandment, Jesus? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And I reminded us that we've got to fall back in love with Jesus sometimes. Sometimes we find ourselves, as going back to John again in the book of Revelation chapter 2, where Jesus here was speaking to them, and he tells the church at Ephesus, he told them, y'all got some good stuff going on. You don't put up with false doctrine. You've done a lot of good stuff, but you have left your first love. Church, we've always got to reevaluate and make sure that we have not left our first love love. I'm not going to go through that again. Just again, I wanted to scratch the surface, but these come in order. The second way thing that's got to happen, that's got to happen in order as God renews or refreshes a church is number two, there's got to be relational renewal, relational renewal. The book of Mark chapter 12 and verse 31, right behind that, Jesus then saying, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself there is no commandment greater than these they were questioning jesus what's the number one command we want to know what's most important jesus gave them a bonus didn't he he gave them what they asked for he said the greatest is love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength then he went ahead he added a little bit more too and he said the second one is this love your neighbor as yourself so Again, as we talk about this, for there to be renewal in the church, there's got to be personal renewal, but following right behind personal renewal should be relational renewal. renewal. Excuse me. One popular question. Listen, I've been at this for quite a while, and I've been to a lot of meetings and seminars and read books and articles, and one popular question that a lot of these church growth experts ask is, how long do people linger after the service is over? In other words, when we say the last amen, does everybody run for the doors or do they hang around talking? Now, I've been in a lot of churches uh, in my life. Uh, I've been in churches that clear out within five minutes. Now, I know in, in what we went through, what I've referred to in the pandemic, there are people, you know, that went through that and were trying to get, keep from getting sick and everything again. I understand that. But for the most part, as we're kind of settling back in, uh, you know, I have been in those churches that, I mean, after the last amen, within five minutes, the sanctuary is cleared, the, the halls are cleared, the doors are being locked, and the parking lot's cleared out. 
Then I've been in churches at times where I've had to, you know, kind of go to the light switch and kind of flicker them a little bit and, and say, hey, y'all can't, y'all don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Uh, you know, and, and so, you know, you've seen those extremes at times. And sometimes even in the same churches, there's those different seasons, isn't there? But for a church to be renewed, relationships within the church need to be, first of all, some need to be made. You know, in a, in a, in a, especially in a town like this. Uh, many of you that have been here for a while or many of you have, have know this, but in a town like this, this is a, a, a very transitional town. We have students coming and going. We have teachers coming and going, professors coming and going. You know, we see new people. I'm praying, I'm believing, uh, especially starting next month and the next few weeks, that we will see all kinds of new people. I don't know how true it was, but somebody told me that this is one of the largest freshman classes coming in to state this year, that they're running out of room to put them. I'm praying that we see a whole bunch of new kids come in uh, in the next couple of weeks. But what does that mean? It means that relationships need to be made. That we that are here, if you're here right now and second to the last Sunday in July, you're kind of a home person, you've been here a while, it's up to us a lot of times to make those relationships. Some of those kids that are coming in and they're away from home and they need a, they might need a grandma figure or a grandpa figure or somebody at church that cares about them and they're missing that. And not only but just with that, but even within us, some of us that are even here during the summer that live here and this is home to us, uh, sometimes we need to make new relationships, not even with just with people that are kind of newer, but sometimes there's some that, that you've gone to church with for years. Listen, I've been in this long enough, I know, and I've heard people say, you know, I've gone with so, to church with so-and-so for 15, 20 years. I don't really know a whole lot about them. Am I, am I telling the truth this morning, y'all? Relationships need to be made, and I'm going to go ahead and make a, Joel already did it, but I'm going to make another shameless plug for Wednesday nights and fellowships. I think that's why they're so important. That's, that's why, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, we're, we're having these first Wednesdays to give our teachers a break every first Wednesday of the month to come in together and have preaching and worship and communion. But then after, after that, we also want to continue with our small groups on Wednesday night. Ladies, I I continue to hear. I have heard some of the ladies over the past few weeks saying we can't wait for our Wednesday nights to get back so we can be back together, share with one another, pray with one another, study the word together. Men here in the sanctuary, our kids classes over here, our youth up in the Family Life Center. Pastor Joel said it. Listen, if you are younger than 50, all right, and listen, I'm going to tell you, even if you're older than 50, if you show up in his class, he's not going to turn you away. There are classes. There are small groups. Listen, we, we have got to, there has to be a relational renewal in the church. Relationships have to be made. Fellowships. If y'all weren't here on Wednesday night, y'all missed it. Because the bunch that was here, I, listen, it got to be 8.15. I was calling the bingo. It got to be 8.15, and I try to be. That's why I've got that clock up there, trying to get back used to making sure, especially with two services back. I try to be so, so intentional. I know people got to go to work and school, especially on Wednesday nights. And Wednesday night, we hit 8.15. I was like, all right, I'm done. And they start saying, no, do it again, do it again. I was like, y'all got to go to work and everything tomorrow. Y'all want to know? And everything. yeah, yeah, we want to play some more. We want to hang out some more. You know, honestly, that's, that's what we need in the church. 
We need those relationships. We need those relational renewals. We need to form those. You know, what, what good, what spiritual good did bingo and finger foods do? do? Well, spiritually, Adi, the more you know them. And there's something about the fellowship, but go back to that again, the koinonia of the ecclesia, the fellowship of the church that's important, that when we have these things, that we take time and we come together and get to know one another. So for a church to be renewed, relationships in the church need to be sometimes just made initially, sometimes strengthened by those things, getting together, you know, in those things, you know, sitting by somebody, one round of bingo, I told them. I knew they weren't going to like it at first, so I said, hey, get up from your table, from your comfortable table, let's switch it up and go sit by somebody you don't know. And I know that's nothing new. That they do that in all kind of team building and every kind of, in every, whatever kind of organization you may be in, but it's always good to strengthen those relationships. It's going to get a little icky here, but i gotta, I got to step in here anyway. Some relationships need to be made, some strengthened, then there's some that need to be healed. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, therefore, this is Jesus speaking, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. You know, sometimes there's relationships, even in the church. I I wish, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you, there is no perfect church because there are no perfect people. If you're looking for a perfect church, you ain't going to find it. Because the only thing perfect about the church is the head, Jesus Christ. The rest of the body is made up of a bunch of imperfect people like myself and all of us. And unfortunately, in churches, people are going to get hurt. And I think it becomes easier, because, it becomes easier for that to happen because we have this expectation that we shouldn't be hurt in the church. And Lord, we don't want that, but we're people just like everybody else. And sometimes hurt happens, but the thing about any kind of hurt is, with any kind of hurt, Jesus said, you've got to forgive it. So sometimes for a church to be renewed, there's got to be healing in church relationships. Now, I know, I'm realistic enough to know that everybody's not going to be BFFs with everybody. Listen, there's just some, let's just, God made us different. Some people just click better with one another. But we still, we've got to have a a sense of forgiveness and a sense of all getting along and loving each other somewhat. Now, there's some in this room that's kin to them, and I I love them, but it's funny. I I think about growing up in my home church, and I think about there was a couple that got divorced. They stayed in the church, married other people, and and one of the husbands would call the other husband his (laughs) husband-in-law. Now, I know, I know that every situation after a divorce or something like that, every situation can't quite come together like that and get along so well that they can go to the same church and joke around and call each other husband-in-laws. I realize that that's not always going to happen in every situation. And some of those things get sticky and everything. But listen, I do believe, I do believe through the help and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, that we can move forward, that we can move past things, that we can move along, that God can bring healing. He can bring healing to relationships. We can love one another, forgive one another, move forward. Everybody may not be your BFF in the church. That's okay. But at least love them as a brother or a sister in Christ. At least pray for them. At least try to be nice to them. I mean, come on, we're supposed to be the South. 
I had to spend a few years up in the Midwest where hospitality, they're not known for hospitality. We Mississippi, we the hospitality state. <laughs> Two signs of relational renewal. You ready for this? These are deep. Number one, singing is better. You see, when there's a relationship renewal, suddenly people don't really care as much if it's not their favorite song or their favorite style or exactly like they want it. They're just glad to be with their brothers and sisters in Christ in the house of the Lord. Two, the fellowship is longer. We have to get to those points again where I have th I'm thankful for Kenny that he'll hang around here. He'll usually hang around here. The last ones of us are here. At, but listen, I, that's, why, you know, that's why it's so important to me. That's why churches have bigger foyers and areas for get in the coffee room over there. Get somewhere where you can fellowship. Singing will get better. The fellowship is longer. It's not where, hey, amen, and everybody's gone. Stand around and talk and fellowship a little bit more as relationships are renewed. Moving on, number three. Again, these happen in order. Personal renewal, relational renewal. Number three, missional renewal. John chapter 17 and verse 8 in the message says this. In the same way, Jesus speaking here, talking to the Father, that you gave a, me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. And then in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24 says this in the NCV, I don't care about my own life. Apostle Paul speaking here, the most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news about God's grace. You see, I believe that we must have, after a personal renewal and relational renewal, we must have a missional renewal. A missional renewal is a renewal of purpose. It addresses, this is why my church exists. Why has Starkville Church of God been here for 101 years? How has it survived? What's the purpose of what we are doing? You see, low morale in a church is a direct result of unclear vision. And I'll tag that on the pastor, that I've got to continue to be clear about what is our mission? Why are we here? Why does this church exist? Why did God put us here? I believe Starkville Church of God is here to be, as Jesus said, he said, you're a city set on a hill. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. We are here to be a city set on a hill for Starkville. And our mission is to worship Jesus Christ, to lift his name up, to serve Jesus Christ in all we do, and to grow as his disciples. And I told you a few weeks ago that in camp meeting that God just on Friday night just confirmed so strongly to me that God is calling us to be a spirit-filled church serving this community. That God did not call us. He didn't call us to be anybody else. I pray, I thank God for First Baptist that they'll be the best First Baptist there is. I thank God I was privileged to go and speak at Meadowview a couple of weeks ago in their man church. Thank God let them be the best Meadowview they are. Thank God for Pine Lake. Let them be the best Pine Lake they are. But God has called us sitting right here at 100 Loxley Way. I believe he's calling us to be a spirit-filled body of believers here in Starkville, Mississippi that we can reach this community. That's why we're here. We have to have missional renewal. Fourthly, 
Some of you are like, I don't believe he's going to get done. I'm speeding up here. I'm watching the clock. We need personal renewal. We need relational renewal. We need missional renewal. And then fourthly, we need structural renewal. Matthew chapter 9, verse 17, Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. I'm reminded in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, I believe it is, we're told that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And I continue, two and a half years in now, I continue to tell you that no matter whether I'm up here in a t-shirt and sneakers or a suit and tie, whether I'm preaching with a handheld microphone or one hooked on to my big ear, whatever, however the box is, I'm reminded that the Lord tells us that we have this treasure in earth and vessels. I'm reminded that how it's carried around isn't important as what's being carried around. That it's the gospel. It's the message of the cross. It's the message of Christ. It's the message of the blood. It's the message of the Holy Spirit. Those are the things that's important. But I'm reminded that the container changes from time to time. Jesus is the one that said it. You don't put new wine in old wineskins. Listen, we don't do things exactly like was done when this started out in the little schoolhouse over the cotton mill 101 years ago. The, the, the container is a little bit different. The way we do things, the things that have, they're a little bit different. The treasure is the same. The message is the same. The power is the same. The power of the Holy Spirit. But the container changes. The wineskin. Don't put the new wine into old wineskins. I don't know about y'all, but I, I've, seen, I've seen enough. I can remember churches that still had the orange carpet, and I think back there is still a little bit of orange. I don't want any old orange 70s carpet back, amen? <laughs> Although it'll probably come back around before long. You just wait. Everything circles back around. I, I don't want that, but we have to have a structural renewal. In, in, our, in our preparations for the 100th anniversary, you saw this. And we quoted this. It's on the website. In 1980, Ruth Morgan said this, If history teaches us any lessons for the future, we should expect to see continual change in ideas, methods, and institutions. A progressive church will probably evolve from present and past experiences and procedures. There yet remains new paths to be marked out, new truths to be discovered, and old truths to be rediscovered. This quote has been, for several, as we look back, it's been included in the history of our church, I guess, since 1980. And I believe that this church has been a church that has seen a whole lot of changes in 101 years and has continued forward because of it. Because, listen, that was a, that was a big thing. I've heard different people talk about it. I've heard different people talk about how it used to be the old cattle call was the way the music program was here until Paulette took it over, brought some structure, brought some organization to it. That was a big deal to sell that over on Maxwell Street, to buy this five acres that come. That was change. That was structure change. That was old wineskins change. The message never changed. The treasure never changed. But the structure changed. And because of that willingness, I believe that's why this church is still here, while others have closed over the years. Now, people are often resistant to change because, as I mentioned last week, even in a personal level, change always costs something. Somebody say, at least, oh me. I don't care. Amen, oh me. 
Change always costs us something. And some people are resistant to change because they've had a bad past experience with change and been hurt. Somebody said, well, you need to change, and the change that they did didn't really work, and they got hurt by it. Listen, I've been in this long enough to know, hey, I know us preachers, we're, sometimes we mess up too. Sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we change stuff or do stuff, and, and, and you know, it don't work out just exactly like we thought it would or wanted it to. And sometimes people have been hurt by change. Sam Chan says this, Change only happens when our level of desire or actually desperation rises above the level of our fears. I'm going to say that one more time. Change only happens when our level of desire or actually desperation rises above the level of our fears. You see, we become comfortable with what we know and what has always been. The definition of insanity is what? It's doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. You know, sometimes as things are changing around us, we've got to make sure that we are changing. But even though it's comfortable, we, we, we know an expectation, but there has to be something. There has to be something rise up within us in anything that you change. That many times, many times, if somebody's going to, you know, lose weight, a lot of times, it's, sometimes it's a, a heart attack. Sometimes they go to the doctor, their blood pressure's through the roof, and the doctor looks at them and says, look, you're going to die if you don't change something here. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Many times, it's something like that that hits us. Something that tells us, hey, there, there's a cost. You're going to, you can't stay the same. The cost is going to be bigger. You've got to overcome the fear of change. And I want the Lord to put in us a willingness to say, hey, we're never going to change that, that treasure inside. But the wineskins, the old, we've we got to make sure that we're not, we're not going to try to pour new wine into old wineskins because we don't want it to burst. Lord, always make us aware that there is, there's something. I am more afraid, I'm too afraid of losing a generation than keeping all of my preferences and my structures and the way I want to do things. I told you all last week, I said if I had my way, my idealistic, perfect church, my personal preferences, I'd go back to the mid to late 90s. Some of that Lyndall Cooley, Brownsville. Come on, y'all. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's it. Now, some of y'all, it's more like a 80s or a 70s. Go back to them 80s. What? To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. Y'all remember that one? Come on. Anybody here? I'm, I'm dating myself here. Some of y'all are remembering some of that. You know, you'd go, you'd go all the way back to the hymn book. One day that red back hymnal was brand new. Go back past that. There was earlier. Listen, all of that stuff. I've got to come to the place where, listen, I'm comfortable I'm you know where I'm most comfortable at? I'm most comfortable with those 90 music. I'm most comfortable preaching in a suit and tie with a microphone in my hand. But I've got to be willing to say, God, whatever I need to change, we ain't changing out the treasure. But if the package, if the wine skin, if we got to change that, I must become more. Change only happens when our level of desire or actually desperation rises above the level of our fears. I'm afraid that we'll lose a generation. 
We got thousands of new freshmen coming in to campus, coming into our city in the next month. I'm afraid that we might lose some of them if I'm not willing to give up some of my own personal preferences in those old wineskins. It's the only time that we're going to change things. Structure cannot cause growth, but it will determine the size and speed of growth. That's why, that's why I'm saying, here we are. I, I didn't know at first, but hey, we've ended up with a great crowd here on July when people are still traveling. But as we hit August, you know, and, and new, new students are coming in and people are coming back to town, that's why, one of the reasons why, going to 9 and 11 to make room to change it. Change things. I, that, that's why. I know it's a I know part of it. I know it's like, well, I've got to preach twice now. I, I've got to ask people to come run sound and media twice in a Sunday morning. I've got to ask these musicians and singers to show up twice, nursery twice on a Sunday morning. There is a fear of, oh, Lord, it's going to wear everybody out. Nobody's going to want to do it. Nobody's going to want to show up. But I've got to say, no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid more that we will miss reaching somebody. If we don't make room for them, I may have told you, I can't remember if I did, in that whole thinking of everything, the old statistic used to be, once you hit 85% of your capacity, you better do something or people will start turning away. After COVID, that has gone down to about 60 to 65%. You say, why are we changing things? Because we know, we know, that is upsetting, I don't agree. <laughs> Structure cannot cause growth, but it will determine the size and speed of our growth. Finally, i got seven minutes left. The, fi the last one. We start, it's got to, remember, it's got to go in this order. It's got to be what? Personal renewal. It's got to be relational renewal. It's got to then be missional renewal. Fourthly, structural renewal. And then fifthly, there's going to be cultural renewal. This one, this one ought to really excite you here. Because... This is a part of why we do it. Acts chapter 5, verses 28 says this, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. In Acts chapter 17, verse 6, But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. A cultural renewal means that after we go through those four stages of renewal, that then the moral climate of our community begins to change. Wouldn't it be wonderful if people start to say, man, those, those people at Starkville Church of God, they've just been telling everybody about Jesus. They've been just getting Jesus out in the community. They have been turning this place upside down. They've been turning this community upside down. We don't know what's happened. We're, they're not selling out the alcohol in the Cotton District on Friday and Saturday nights anymore. They're not, the pony's not packed out anymore because them folks at Starkville Church of God have been preaching holiness and sanctification, and it's changed. Y'all ain't ready for none of that, but I'm telling you that's what it's all about, that we as the church begin to affect the culture around us and the community around us. Jesus, listen, look, think about this for a second. Jesus was crucified in A.D. 30. 
3. 50 days later, on the day of Pentecost, there were 120 in the upper room. Many Christians, thousands and thousands, were then martyred. And from A.D. 33 to then in A.D. 306, a little less than 300 years, something happened. The Caesars, emperors of Rome, had been chopping off heads, burning them at the stake for being a Christian. But suddenly, suddenly, after less than 300 years, 120 people in AD 306, Emperor Constantine took the throne, who became a Christian, and Christianity then became the official religion of the Roman Empire. Think about that. 120 people was all there was. And those 120 people left that upper room and began to change the culture around them. And in less than 300 years, a government, an empire that was chopping their heads off for being a Christian, suddenly by less than 300 years, begins to make Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire. 120 changed the entire world. What could 120 of us do in this community, in our schools? What could happen when our kids go to schools, when our our saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled kids go to their schools? What would happen in our families when we go to Thanksgiving and Christmas and family reunions? What could happen in our families? What could happen in our workplaces and in this community when 120 of us would leave here and go, 120 turned around an entire empire in less than 300 years. What could 120 of us do to affect the culture and renew the culture in our community? I'll remind you, we've been called to be in this world, but not of this world. We've been called not to be changed by this world, but to change this world. You've heard me say it over and over. God has not called us to try to find acres off somewhere in the woods and build a compound, a commune where we can just try to build some sort of utopia. No, he's called us to live, to be in this world. Because if the Christians aren't in this world, the lost people will never know Christ. You need to be in your workplace. You need to be in your school. You need to be in your community. The lost will never know anything about Jesus if those of us who know him don't tell somebody about him. We've been called to tell people. That's why God is called. He's not called us to back down on the issues, the social. I'm not sure. You think you know me well enough now. God hasn't called us to be hateful and to be ugly, but he also hasn't called us to back down from what we believe either. We've been called not to be changed by this world, but to change this world. Stand with me, if you will, please. When God wants to revitalize or energize a church, he takes them through five steps of renewal. 
that never happen out of order. Personal renewal, relational renewal, missional renewal, structural renewal, cultural renewal. There's something about us as people. We need renewed a good bit, don't we? I don't know about y'all, but I get tired every night. And I need to sleep. We joke, Molly Kate, she used to act like when she was a certain year span there, she acted like she never sleep. We said, You sleep good? No, I didn't even sleep. <laughs> it's kind of a running joke in our house. There was, you know, probably three or four years she just didn't even sleep, she said. I got to sleep every night. Our bodies need renewed. Our minds need renewed. And as a church, I mean, remember, going back to the beginning, there's only one perfect part of the church. That's the head, Jesus Christ. The rest of us, parts of it, we're imperfect. And we need renewal. We need refreshing. And I believe I believe God still got us here. God didn't send me here. God didn't keep you here or bring you here. God didn't do all it. God didn't let this thing stay 101 years and working on 102 for us to fold up and be done. God's getting us ready. God's getting us ready. God's getting us ready for our community, those that call this home. God's getting ready for us, for a new freshman class that's about to come in to reach out to them. I've shared that statistic since I've been here. How many scarily, like 85% of Christian kids, not law, we're not even talking about law kids, 85% of Christian kids, once they hit college, walk away from their faith. There's a crisis. There's an emergency. And I've got a fear in me that motivates me enough to change the box, the container, the wineskin, to make sure it's the same treasure, it's the same, it's the good stuff, but I'm willing and I'm ready. I've got to renew personally, relationally. I want there to be renewal in this church constantly so that we can be who God has called us to be. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.